Welcome in to another 30 Rack of Sports, episode 6. We, uh, the dynamic duo in effect this week. Exactly, exactly. Greg is out, thank God. He decided to go to Sin City. Sin City. Sin City. And we got a good show for you, though, without Greg here. Uh, our, uh... Thoughts are with Greg. We hope he made some uh, wise betting decisions out there at the books. And some unwise choices otherwise. That's, that's what it's all about, man. Get that experience. Exactly. He's going to be feeling like shit on the plane tomorrow morning. Listen, uh, he's flying in tonight oh, that's at 10.30 right. and he's heading into Ooh. work. Oof. What a dog. What a trooper. Ugh. Well, we do have a great show. Uh, we have got... Uh, a lot planned tonight, actually. A lot to unpack for just uh, the two of us. We'll be talking uh, Ohio sports, what's gone on the past week. Um, a couple of Ohio segments for you uh, on the college end of things. And then uh, we'll get into our national news. And uh, we actually got some good national segments to talk about as well. Yeah, as we do. well as our jeer and our grumble at the end of the show. Um, but first... No, Zinger, not Grumble. Or Zinger, Zinger, that's right. Grumpy's Greg, not here. Greg is the Grumble, and the Grumble of the Grumpies is not here. He did text you, us a few hot takes. Yeah. If you want to call him I, that. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get his takes in there, but <laughs> for now, it's time for news. Well, beer. We got to introduce the beer. Oh, yeah, we got to introduce the beer first. What am I thinking? I'm getting wow, ahead of Greg myself. Greg is going to kill us. This I know. is just Greg's off the rails. Us. A minute in. We're already already sinking here. All right. Our beer this week, uh, I was going for something up north. Um, I was totally set on doing that. Um, And then I got completely derailed when I saw this can. Uh, (laughs) It is uh, a marvelous can from Streetside Brewery down here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I had not heard of this brewery I've never heard of this brewery. Um, So it must be a new one out there, and it is called uh, Silbra. So, sup, bro? You heard bro? that, right? So, bro? With the question mark and all, S-U-H, they, they did bra instead of bruh, B-R-A-H. I think that's more but of I like think the, that is the, yeah, the feel there. The kind of Midwestern it. slang bra. right there, bra. Let's crack these open. Uh, so, bra is a uh, Nepa, New England style IPA. It's got some good taste to it, and yeah, very flavorful. Um, and yeah, as I, we will, I, we will get to um, some some darker beers. Maybe I was saying I was thinking of something heavy from up north in Ohio this week, but then I saw this can. Um, I was so gonna say that's uh, five out of six shows. I think we hit the I, I IPA know, route. I know. So we we'll, a- we'll get away from it. I blame Streetside and whoever came up with this can. Um, it's like it, it's a great probably can. the coolest can. Yeah, I've I think seen. best can we've had. Right? Last year we said last week we said best beer when we had the mm-hmm. pool party from Land Grant. This oh, week I think we really got best good. can from yeah. Streetside so far. So we'll try and get a picture of that up on social media for you all later. And uh, now. Now it's time for the news. Got some scores for you. Well, uh, this is going to be weird um, because we usually lead with Browns and Greg is not here. He's not here. Let's go ahead and jump into our minor league football team. Ah, Oh, Oh, man. Both of them. Uh, So Browns beat the Dolphins 41-24 on Sunday. Baker Mayfield 24-34, 327 yards, three touchdowns. Nick Chubb also pitched in 106 yards on the ground with the touchdown. Um, Browns now 5-6, and six, hanging around. 
Uh, we get that rematch with Pittsburgh next Sunday, though. That'll be interesting. That'll be uh, that'll be fun. That should be very, very interesting. Which we'll, we'll have kind of an interesting point, though. That kind of ruins it when we get to our next score here in a minute. Right. I mean, it, the AFC playoff picture right now is interesting. You have a lot of six and fives, five right. and six out there. A lot of mediocre football yeah. being played. Yeah, I think. And then when you look at the AFC West, too, I mean, that stretch without Mahomes there, a couple unexpected losses, like – I think that's really tightened things up more than people thought. But, I mean, when you look at the Browns, like you said, they're 5-6 and six now, mm-hmm. hanging around, hanging looking for around. that playoff push. And, I mean, Kitchen said, like, we went into playoff mode now. We should have always been in playoff right, mode. Right, yeah, that's day we'll, one. We'll, we'll get to dissecting all that in a minute. I mean, I saw he had some very interesting uh, comments in general, I think, from the past week. But... I mean, just look at where they come in from November, though. I mean, on November 3rd, they lost 24-19 in Denver. Um, and then that was the night Jermaine Whitehead, the safety for the Browns, went on that Twitter Oh, right. That was insane. Insane Twitter implosion. <laughs> Said some crazy, crazy things. Uh, Who are these guys that they're picking? I, right? Uh, so he got cut. Uh, Mayfield, Baker Mayfield at that point, had only thrown seven touchdowns through eight games. 12 interceptions, a lead leading the NFL in interceptions. They were two and six. That was through eight games on November 3rd. That's where we started. Now right. here we are in the last week of November. They've gone on a three-game winning streak this month. They just uh, defeated um, Miami. Uh, Miami, thank you. And uh, Baker Mayfield now in uh, those past three games, six touchdowns, only one interception. And mind you, Swagger Jr. is 3-0. and <laughs> the dog keeps barking. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, that was ba- you know, Mayfield's best game, I think, obviously, thus far this year. So maybe there's some momentum going and they're starting to get things together to the the Garrett debacle, um, maybe wake them up. I don't know. I still – they have to win out, in my opinion. Yes. And I don't see them beating Baltimore. I think they played two, three weeks, one of those, but I don't – yeah, I think it's about in three weeks. Uh, and, yeah, they still have to play uh, Cincinnati twice. And right. And they still have to play Arizona. I mean, I think everything else is winnable. Yes. But I, just... I, I don't think they can. I mean, when you look at this, I mean, they still definitely have a huge problem with Miles Garrett getting suspended and that whole thing. Like, that definitely showed even against Miami. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 45 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown on him. Well, I mean, um, you know, he's got the legs on him, though. I, yeah, I mean, the Fitz magic, you can the throw Fitz it out magic. there at any point. But, like, if Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing that to you, uh, right. how are you going to stop, right. stop Lamar Jackson and his, his hype no man, Mark Ingram? No way. You yes, don't. You don't. No. No, I agree. I just uh no way that's going to happen. But next weekend will be exciting. We'll get that rematch with the Steelers. And speaking of the Steelers, they cock-tease the Bengals fans all day. Uh, but the Bengals eventually fell 16-10 to 10, uh, to fall to 0-11. Uh, Ryan Finley was 12-26 for 192 yards, a touchdown. And then kind of maybe lessens it a bit. I guess they probably haven't announced next week, but Rudolph was benched in this game after going 8-16 for 85 yards and a pick, replaced by Delvin Hodges, the undrafted quarterback out of Samford. The Duck. The Duck. He's a 
professional duck caller, like a national champion? I, I'm not sure what the thing is there. I just know they call him the duck. Right, I saw, I don't know. It's weird. He's like a duck caller. He's known nationally for that. But anyway, uh, 5 of 11, 118 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Boyd had a big day, though. Five receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. First week all year, I didn't play him in fantasy. So. First week? Yeah. Ugh. Oof, Rough that's decision a killer. There that that me. is a bad decision. Um, Josh, as the residence Bengals fan, what what are your first feelings? Uh, well, I would just like to ev- welcome everybody to uh, the worst start. This is the worst start now in franchise history. That's and saying that something. Is, you're exactly right. That is saying something when you are the Bengals. Excuse me for a minute. Josh my got is, a bit of a mic, mic is issue. Fiddling all over the uh, place. While Josh is fixing that, um, yeah, no worst start. Franchise history, utterly shocking, uh, going through those Achilles Smith years, the Jeff Blake years, and this is where you're at. Um, you know, I thought, so close. I was sure that they were, you know, when Finley hit that deep ball to Boyd, that big play there, uh, I think second quarter, get him on that drive, uh, get up the 10-3 to three at that point, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I thought, hey, here you go. You know, they're kind of pushing the ball. Like uh, I think Finley mentioned earlier this week, that was one of the big things he wanted to work on, start trusting his guys a little more, the 50-50 ball. Um, Obviously, you can trust Boyd. Boyd made a couple great catches there. Um, uh, Just once again, though, just no offense. Uh, I don't don't even have mix. Mixon, I think, was just at four yards of carry, something like that. Uh, this is not going to get it done. Uh, just show you just how few yards. I want to. I want to point out one bright spot on the Bengals, and he is the only Bengal, in my opinion, that deserves to go to the Pro Bowl and help start the entire game in the Pro Bowl. Like he should play the entire game, and that is one Kevin Huber, Huber. the Bengals punter, uh, resident Cincinnati punter uh, in the Ring of Honor uh, for the Cincinnati Bearcats, and the guy is just doing work he had nine punts nine 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 times for 418 yards <laughs> four of that those punts insane. were inside the 20 he's 40 percent of his punts this year have landed inside the 20 he's only got a handful less than a handful of touchbacks and i mean that's saying I, a lot with how often he's yeah, punted right i mean you'd think the guy would have a bad punt here or there right. or you know, but I mean, the guy has just been pro punting, um, and those 418 yards. Jeez. Just to put it in perspective, the Bengals only had 244 yards of off uh, total yards. You know, only a couple couple hundred barely passing. Right. And well, did they even 192? Yeah. So they even hit 200. When was the last time they hit 200? I they, you'd have to go back to Dalton. Dalton. I think. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, they are going back to Dalton now. The Bengals will start Dalton Wait, next week. Wait, what? Yes. Why? So, and that's my thing. Like, I thought no. that move was saying, hey, we're going to see what we got in Finley. And we're, hey, buddy, you get like, don't you bring that kid in there and say, hey, the rest of the season's yours. Like, unless you're just completely inept. And I mean, not pretty, but I mean, you know. 12-26-192, a touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over. Well, and that's that's my thing, is it takes a lot of a lot of nerve from whoever has to go and ask Dalton to start next oh, week. Oh, that too. Like if you're Zach Taylor, like you that's gotta be an uncomfortable situation. Like, right, you bench him and now he's kind of sitting here trying to think, well, I'm healthy. 
and then hopefully I'll be landing in a better spot next year. And now you're gonna be like, hey, do you want to start and put your body on the line after right. we didn't want you for three weeks? And right. then like the gall. And create, you know, create even a deeper hole for us, you know, and it's just like, and their whole reasoning for it continues to be, we just want to win. Like whenever you ask any Bengal front office coach player, right. like the whole thing is they just want to win. And I understand that, well, but like still, I feel like I'm a broken record on this show. Still <laughs> just want to know like the plan, a cohesive plan. Well, I don't, nobody could have said if that was really your plan and you want, no one thought in the. In their right mind, no one would have thought that you benching Andy Dalton for Ryan Finley was in any way going to be an upgrade. I think everybody took that as, hey, you know, the front office obviously doesn't have a plan, but at least, you know, Zach Taylor is kind of saying we need to see what we got here and work towards the future. Right. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played. I mean, he has not been pretty. And there were some balls that came out of his hand. I mean, God, watching him and Rudolph a couple drives in a row there was just like yeah. cut hit a fucking water out of a boat. Excuse me. I'm just saying like No, I mean they, they couldn't bad. they couldn't. And when you look that bad, I mean it you you aren't you aren't gonna magically fix things. We know that. With a quarterback change, you aren't gonna no team is gonna magically fix things. But when you look at the Bengals yesterday and and in the past couple weeks, I mean two hundred forty four total yards. On third down yesterday, two for twelve. Two for 12 on third yeah. down. And that goes back to a couple weeks ago when I went on that rant about Zach Taylor and his third down decisions. It's like you have to know, like, it, it, they seem to play things just play to play. Right. You know, whistle to whistle. They're not no thinking ahead, big setting things plan. up. Yeah. Right. So uh, I have in my – there were four sacks for, 30 far, for a 34-yard loss. Four sacks, 34 yards lost. So, I mean – no matter who you stick back there, you still have to deal with that offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line is a true. That's my point. If I was Andy Dalton, I wouldn't even blame the guy if he was like, unless Finley's hurt, I'm not going back right. in there. I mean, you guys don't want me. I'm hoping to get in a better spot next year. Like, I mean, obviously he's a consummate pro. He's going to start, but I don't. It doesn't make sense. My Honestly, next bullet point in my notes is a uh, big sigh. So. Collective big sigh for everyone. Um, and then big signs. Uh, we had last week, we had the big sign, uh, if you fix it, day will come. Uh, uh, and then this week we had grow with Joe. Grow with Joe. I mean, hey, I think the Joe Burrow thing's obviously yeah. in bungle, play. Bungle for Burrow. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, that we've gotten into that. In that's definitely and, in play. and that's the thing. Everyone's like, you know, and I still stand by it. I'd love to see the Bengals just win one game. And I think they got a shot to do it against the Jets, especially if Dalton's going to start. Um, well, and they yeah. have the cushion to win a game now. And I mean, so. I guess that's a point. You're right. They do have the Jets next week that could be throwing Dalton in. They just want to get a win. That's probably your best opportunity. But yeah, I don't so. know. The Browns will probably screw something up. They'll probably give one of the oh, Bengals, the uh, Bengals yeah, that I, game I'm in sure. one way, shape, or form. That's, that's what I was curious about is you've had so many storylines with both teams this year. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. They still they haven't, haven't met. Each other. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so weird. weird. I've it's never bizarre. seen a divisional schedule layout like that. But I guess... There's always that one team every year that you play yeah, you like twice in someone, like four weeks. Yeah, yeah it's just especially weird. when you're throwing in London schedules. But well, that yeah. So uh, speaking of teams, we have to play every year. We won't get to the team up north yet, uh, but we'll recap what happened on Saturday when the Buckeyes were tested. 
They were tested, Josh. You know, Buckeyes take it 28-17. Field, 16-22, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Dobbins, the workhorse that he is, 36 carries, 36 157 carries. yards, and two touchdowns. He is also now the third-time all-leading rusher at Ohio State, just below Easy e and obviously Archie, who he has no shot in hell in catching. Um, OSU had three turnovers. Several self-just devastating penalties. Um, I would say they left 17 points on the field, in my opinion. I really think this game statistically, even watching it, it was not as close as the score indicated. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, Penn State pulled Clifford. They were like, eh, we got to try something. Um, their backup, he's a big dude, 6'3", 230. Uh, he he kind of got a little drive going there. They they mixed in some option um, that which has continued at times to show that's probably the one weakness on the defense that I see is when teams are bringing in the option. They've been able to make adjustments, but you know Shea Patterson he can't throw the damn ball, but he's a hell of an no, athlete. Yeah. So next week, you know they're going to try to run some option. Um, hopefully, maybe they'll make some adjustments there. But I don't know, Josh. I don't know what you think. I mean, I mean, I definitely thought. Um... They they were tested at times, and then was definitely concerned um, with the fumbles, especially the consecutive right fumbles. Oh yeah, those know? killer killer. Um, and yeah, at, at the at very I mean at the goal times, line, yeah. that's a touchdown. Well, and yeah, then but, and then you had uh, Blevins for Penn State coming in and uh, getting uh, into the backup QB position there for a minute. Yeah, and, you know he came in and kind of really riled up a ton of momentum for the Nittany Lions, and then you stir that in with the. Uh, turnovers there right and that that five period that five minute period of you know play there where you had the turnovers in the field position mm-hmm. that you were giving to penn state well they also had this kid in coming playing backup quarterback and creating all this yeah, momentum they did, the right. game the game could have very easily gotten away from the buckeyes there um and that definitely i think tests that whole did the handle adversity well right test oh yeah well because um, I think they came out on top of that. And then I think they also just stayed aggressive. Um, I mean, yeah, Dobbins, 30, 36 carries. I, w- I mean, I have a little um, – I at times they were aggressive, but there were a lot of times I felt like we saw a lot of Urban Meyer, Jim Trussell, very conservative, questionable play calling. Yes. Uh, there are a couple third down plays. You know, they went for it on fourth down. Then they kind of get backed up again. Penalty. Well, and, I guess, then, and I guess, yeah, their their conservative play calling early on is putting them into these positions because, yeah, they were two for three on fourth down conversions. Right. But like you said, yeah, I think that has to do with a lot of play calling. There were a lot of third and shorts, like one, mm-hmm. two yards, where I didn't really necessarily Just agree line them the, up and run yeah. them down their throat. Yeah, right. exactly. Like there's no really need like to get fancy with an option there no. or something outside. Or throw it. Or, that was yeah. another thing that yeah, was Yeah, that was crazy. I think you, if you are going to run those options, like yeah. bootleg something out, you know, do run some play right. action there on fourth down. If even, you're going to be aggressive, like Even tempo drove me nuts. You know, that opening drive, Penn State's jacked. High State comes out crazy up tempo and just runs it down their throats. Um, and then it was like every drive after that, they kept getting slower and slower. And I was like, man, no, you got these guys on the mat. Let's go. Like, I, that's something I was kind of not happy to see. Um, maybe it was a wake up call though, in some ways. Well, I, I think. think we saw the defense and offense both kind of s- mm-hmm. not play as one almost, um, mm-hmm. where you had, 
the defense definitely was up tempo the whole right. time. I mean, when you look at the, uh, they had five sacks. Yeah, I mean, you had Brownell, uh, Browning and Cornell in on the one, but then Chase Young obviously uh, threw three huge, like crucial. I think sacks. he's back in the Heisman conversation. I really and think after so. I said I he really was dead in the so. water just after missing two games, like no way. But I don't know. But yeah, he was the difference maker that everybody thought he would be. Um, the defense, you're right. I think, um, again, besides the option stuff, the defense, once again, um, no one's passed for 200 yards. Um, I mean, High State completely dominated the yardage game. And so I do think it's, but I do agree with what you said earlier. I think it was good to see a little bit, some adversity. Um, you know, like Justin Fields did not have a great day. I mean, statistically, it's all right. 16, 20, 288 yards, had a couple big runs, made some plays with his feet, which is what you want him to do. Um, but, you know, he had the big fumble on the goal line, some other questionable things, took a couple just horrendous sacks. Um, but I liked that at the end of the game, when they really needed a touchdown, he makes a big throw to Olave in the end zone. So, again, just kind of that resilience. Um, you know, Penn State just, I don't know. Why? Penn State just always gives Ohio State problems. Um, yeah, they're, they're, sim- they're, they're almost like a more competitive Purdue-like thing. And, I mean, Penn State's not a bad team. I, don't, I think we, we don't want to get lost in, like, and say this wasn't a competitive game or this was a fluke or anything. Like, we knew right. this was going to be a competitive game. Penn State's a good team. But I just think when you look at that def- – the, the Ohio State defense just continues to be so impressive, I think. Oh, I mean, number one in the country. And I think once again that – you know, we'll get to the rankings in a little bit. But I think that's a big separator to me amongst pretty much all the other big-time teams is that defense. And, yeah, I mean, once again, just stalwart. Um, and then, you know, hate week. We're in hate week, people. We're It's unday, as we would say. And – um you know, I'm jacked about that game. Josh and Bum are gonna be out of town, having people over, gonna get crazy. Yeah, I'm, I I will uh I will be in New York, and we'll uh we'll send my uh, sports New York predictions here at the end of the show. But uh that that'll be de- that this is one of my favorite 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 sports weeks. Oh yeah, of the year. it's a great rivalry week. Rival- Iron uh, Bowl. I, yeah, should Iron be interesting. Bowl. Uh, um, Oregon, Oregon State. If anybody finds that, no one really finds the Civil War interesting. Uh. Oh, Bedlam. Jeez, that's what I was forgetting. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So, yeah, lots of big games. Um, let's go ahead and jump ahead, though, a little bit. Let's get to our other successful college football team, uh, the UC Bearcats. Uh, yeah, so UC won 15-13 to 13 over Temple. Uh, Devin Ritter continues to struggle. Desmond Ritter. Or Desmond Ritter, sorry. What did I say? I think you said Devin. Did, I did say I Delvin Hodge. Yeah, you Desmond can, Ritter. Uh, these are not incorrect. I double checked these stats. Uh, nine of 25, 62 yards, a pick. Um, Warren, as usual, the bell cow, 24 carries, 106 yards, one TD. Total yards, Temple, 310, UC 210. Um, so as you can see there, kind of a struggle. Uh, Josh, thoughts? As they head in to face Memphis, by the way, two two times in row, most likely. Give me just a moment. Okay. I'm take a sip of beer. Okay. All right. Let's get into this. <laughs> because I sat there 
in the pouring rain. Well, I won't say this. It poured all day and then was cold and windy and then drizzled, misted kind of ugliness and then snowed. So dealt the elements uh, and saw quite some shocking things. Do you know, I'm I'm curious if you're aware of what play and why Mm. the Bearcats even won this game. Because if it weren't for Kobe Bryant, and yes, that's right, Kobe Bryant. Kobe! (laughs) If it weren't for him uh, returning, and he almost didn't pick this ball up, the Mm. Bearcats blocked an extra point. Right. Um, And Kobe Bryant kind of looked at the ball and was just like, is this is this a dead play? Is this a dead play? And then everyone was like, pick that up. (laughs) And started going forward, then hit the brakes. Turned around, did a big old U-turn all the way across the field. And then as soon as he about hit like the apex of him turning around and then coming back around, I was up, go, go, go. Oh, I and bet. he took that to the house. And boy, that guy runs slow because those big linemen were running down there with him too. He's and I'm tired, like, man. man. But yeah, that U-turn. But so, but so, yeah, I mean, with that U-turn, he probably ran near 200 yards. Right. Um, and took it back for the two points. The uh, in-house PA guy announced touchdown. Everybody was riled up. Um, and what I was, do you call that, though? Uh, I, I saw what it was. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. What it was uh, called in the official box score. A block back? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was uh, scored as a, as a points. Uh, here it is. Defensive PAT touchdown. Uh, okay, conversion. we'll give the defensive, PI guy a break. Excuse me, you're not excuse me, excuse me. D- defensive PAT conversion. Again, yeah, you're just going to so, say touchdown. Yeah. Good job, PA no, guy. Yeah, yes. so we're all wondering, and I'm wondering, I was like, I know it's two. I mean, everybody ha- knows NFL, it's not sure, worth six. Yeah, I wasn't everybody sure in college. Um, nevertheless, but, yeah. um, UC would not go on to score. Again, Desmond Ritter would throw no touchdowns in this game. and he didn't even hit the century mark passing. No. Oh, no. Not not even close. I mean, Josh, how are you feeling going into uh, Memphis? Like I said a couple weeks I, I, ago, it's like this team hit its high point and it's on the way down. Well, so so that's how it won the game. That's how they won the game. They were six for eighteen on third down. They had as many penalties as Desmond Ritter had completions. They had as many penalties as the quarterback had completions. Nine penalties. For 74 yards. That's shameful on both of them. Nine for 25 passing, a 2.5 yard average per pass. I mean, that's, and that's the thing. How they won this game, I don't know. Temple outscored them in yardage by over, by 100. 100, Exactly. 310 yards to 210. They had 20 first downs. UC only managed 14. UC clinches the AAC East and will get their first appearance in the AAC championship game. If they beat, this is an interesting thing. If they beat Memphis and Navy beats Houston, the, uh, the Navy, the right. Navy will likely make it. Into well, they the would because they're both five and two, yes. um, which would be at UC. As long as UC wins, since yeah. hosting a if they lose to Memphis, then they have to play Memphis twice in a row. And I don't know about you, after all those stats that we just read, how you can even think for a second that the Cincinnati Bearcats football team can beat the Memphis Tigers twice know, in a row. I don't know how you get to 11-0 and and just have an offense that's completely fallen off a cliff. Completely. It's complete ineptitude. If, if, if they beat Memphis twice, 
put him in any major bowl. Oh, and I'll, yeah. And we'll go toad. Like, somehow they'll manage to I win mean, that, probably. It, I mean, if it's like the O2 Ohio State team, which was like the most inept offensive team ever, you just make everything ugly, maybe. That's the Cincinnati Bearcat way. I know, to, but you I know, mean, rumble and tumble and grit it out. Every Ohio but, team's way. It's just we're gonna make it look ugly. But I mean, I mean, you can't. No, your starting quarterback cannot throw for sixty-two unless you're Navy. Your quarterback should not only be thrown for sixty-two yards. Well, you, and at this point, you just have to be lucky that you have uh, Michael Warren and Jared Dokes. Carrying oh the load God. on the ground. Well, yeah. But even they're starting to struggle because the offensive line is breaking down. That's what I and, mean. And, you know, the offensive line, you know, they can't even sit still. Uh, I, the amount of line of scrimmage penalties that the Bearcats have and the ineptitude on offense right now, I really don't want them to play in a major bowl because they're going to get slaughtered. Right. Like, it, it's just shocking to me from a Luke Fickle team and i guess you know he's only obviously been at uc for a few years as head coach but just coming from ohio state you know knowing the kind of coaching usually you would expect fundamentally they'd be sound you're not gonna have penalties that type of thing that's surprising to me and again it just seems like they've gotten worse and worse and then you know offensively i think the hard thing is people don't talk about this a lot there's a reason I'm not saying this is fair or that this has any indictment on Luke Fickle and his background, but in these kind of situations when your offense is just completely inept, Fickle can't help. Well, you got and- one guy sitting there who has to fix this. You know what I'm saying? Normally when you have an offensive guy, you have – I don't know. I'm not, it's not going to blame. Here's, but- here's, here's my thing with, um, with Fickle at this point is that he – my concern is that Ritter is actually hurt. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. You know, and and there there have been very very few details on that. Really, the only reason why people think he is hurt right. is because you can connect this string of terrible play mm-hmm. to after this terrible hit on his shoulder. Right. I was gonna say there's been some times where you see him kind of right. like do the little and, shoulder. And Fickle was stuff. asked about this after last week about like you know why he left Ritter in there, and mm-hmm. Fickle said. Uh, that he that Ritter has earned that right, and that Fickle asked him if he's okay and if he can finish this game because Ritter has earned that right. And while I respect that relationship between a coach oh, yeah. and a quarterback, I think I said this last week too. You have to be the coach at some point. Well, yeah, you did. You did say that, and you like, even said the broader point of look. Sometimes, and I feel like as anybody who's played any sports, you know, you start this comes in very little, and you work your way up. Coach asks you if you're good to play, unless like your limbs torn off. You're supposed to say yes. It's the coach who's supposed to make the decision and say no, you're not playing. And that, that's where the point you were making last week. He's got to do his best for the team if he's right. hurt or, or if, if they feel there's something not. Well, because he's a young kid, he's got yeah. a couple. He's got a couple more years in him. He's only a sophomore. Oh yeah, and you don't want to tear him up for the future. Right. Um, because that's the thing is that when you look back at last year when he came on, like you know this kid can throw the ball. Right, but there were there was one there was one pass in particular that just I I, I don't think I've ever stood up uh, at Bearcats football game <laughs> to be like angry at yeah. a Bearcats player, but there was one play kids. yeah they're college kids <laughs> but there was one pass in particular where it could have been a touchdown and he threw it, it so off that they yeah. had to um, announce 
that there was no intentional grounding. Yeah. That's and, that's how far that's how it, that's how far off this pass was. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's like him being that inaccurate or if it's a route thing. If they're just not in sync. If that's the issue, then now we got way bigger oh, issues in our hands because that doesn't get fixed it, over it, a week. Well, and it can't be no the end of November and you be having no route issues. No, everybody like, should be. That's my point. Everybody should be on point. Exactly. And that's why, yeah, I think the the injury is a big one. This, if yeah, there's an injury, yeah, because the alleged injury. Well, I don't want to say it like that. I'm just saying, like, I think, yeah, I mean, they're. You got it, and the thing is, is uh, who's the back of us? Yeah, that so inept? that's where I was going. Ben Bryant is not like we we haven't gotten to see Ben Bryant a lot, but we we have gotten to see him to the point where we know he has an arm. And what I'm looking for right now is a quarterback. I said this so many times Saturday night. A quarterback that can just complete a basic like third and five slant route, oh, or yeah. just you know a basic ten yard out or something like that. Like this guy can, right now cannot. Yeah, just ba- he could he couldn't move the chains off of basic routes like that against UConn. Right, and that, that's that's uh, and that's what's really worrisome is that this all started the UConn game on the skid and everything. Yeah, and yeah, you keep winning games and everything, but right now I do not want to see this I mean, team play Memphis, and I don't want to see this team if, play in a New York Six Bowl. No, I mean if you're fickle, I don't know those coaches. I bet they're in the facility right now, banging there. They gotta figure something out because it pains me to say that it really does. I mean, it's but, only Monday, but I yeah, and they better get to work, guys. You gotta gotta figure something out there, and uh, that that's going to lead us in to an interesting situation, though, in a couple weeks, because we're about to go into UC and Ohio State uh, basketball. I was going to hit on some Cavs too, real quick. Oh, we'll hit we'll hit on Greg some Ohio happy. basketball. Yeah. Um, but we have got an interesting issue with the Bearcats, though, with ba- basketball and football, um, because the AAC championship game is on Saturday, December seventh, three thirty. When does UC basketball play? Cincinnati plays Xavier in the famed Crosstown Showdown. Oh, man, I didn't even put that together. At 5 p.m. Oh, that place will be a Clifton will be a – I won't even go near there. I'm going to stay in my house. I'm not even going to leave. Like, (laughs) thank God. I'm pretty sure it's – I don't even live that close to Clifton, but it must be a madhouse all over. I'm not even – I'm almost certain it's at – yeah, it is at Xavier Oh, it is. Well, it's Um, not that far away. So, yeah, but still, still, Cincinnati's going to be a madhouse between that five-mile stretch. So, how that got scheduled like that. Well, I mean, the AAC, I'm sure, didn't check in. Crosstown Showdown needs to go back onto the other side of the New Year mark Mm. like it used to be. It's getting way too early for us. Well, yeah. It's December. We're still very much figuring things out as oh, evident yeah. by our loss to Bowling Green. I don't even want to look at the score right now as they're playing while we record this. But What, do you want to jump into some basketball? Some let's, let's jump into some basketball. All right. Take, to make, to make Reggie happy, because I don't have any real any takes on this. I'm sure Josh doesn't. It's too early in the NBA season. But, you know, Cavs, now 5-11, and 11, just to cover the last week since our last show. Uh, they went 1-3. and three. Uh, with losses to the Knicks, 123-105, Miami, 124-100, and the Mavs, 143-101. But they did beat Portland yesterday, or should I say last night, uh, 110-104. Um, that's what you're going to see from a rebuilding team, I think. And I honestly, the most shining thing to me is Portland just falling off from last year. Uh still early in the mellow experiment, but I don't know if that's uh, – already heard some complaints about that, so – well, and at this point, you're already starting to see 
the fatigue set in for the Cavs. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Tristan Thompson had the fantastic start. Um, but you know, like you, I mean, you, you had to figure that was going to come back down eventually. He can have stretches, but yeah, he's he's starting uh, to average back out now. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Love day to day lately with lower back. (laughs) He's on you know, Kevin day to day love is what his name should be. Uh, Colin Sexton, uh, also struggling a little bit. He's young Um, though, man. He's real young. I mean, it's, I mean, nothing to bad about their rebuilding. It's year one, two, kind of two. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a bad stretch because they seem somewhat competitive in the early part of the season. I think I guess to your fatigue part, I mean, those three losses all by almost 20 plus. Well, and I think we we talked about this in uh, a very early show before the NBA season started, is where we said the Cavs, the Cavs, mm-hmm. if they could manage to stay healthy and you know stay in some games and not have streaks, negative right. streaks, that they could maybe, maybe, maybe with some help have a chance. Ah, but but now, but now, like, look, look at where we had. We had right. that great start and everything. Now things are deteriorating. Now, I mean, uh. Minus seven seven point three points per game, yeah. uh, according I to think ESPN. A That's the second curve. to last point differential right now. I think John Beeline has the personality for this team. I think you honestly, we'll find out. You know, two, three, five years down the line. But I think John Beeline was a home run hire, mm-hmm. just because he's used to working with young kids, building. You know, it's hard to get a lot of these coaches to buy into. Hey, you want to come in and sit, potentially get fired at some point? You know, within this five year rebuild. He's a right. good personality for that. But I think there's a bit of a learning curve for him, too. I think what's interesting is when you always hear the coach talk about the jump from the NBA to college. Is college, you're playing 30-odd regular season games with some tournaments, you know, over four, you know, about four months, four and a half months, where, you know, in the NBA, you're playing 82 games, you know, from November to, um, to May. So... I think some of that resting and figuring out how to fit those pieces together is a big part of it. But, I, I mean, you know, it's Cleveland. It's going to be a 10-year rebuild, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, right. Um, had, had their time. Exactly. But, Reggie, I hope you're when you listen to this, you'll be happy. We, we covered your calves. Um, they'll, 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 I mean, you know, I, I, I'll agree with all you say You say there. Like, they, they've got the coach they need. They I don't think they have the pieces that they need right now at all. No, but they, they'll be playing uh, for an early lottery pick again. So yep. that's how you do it through the draft. Just take some time. We will see. Um, did we want to touch on uh, OSU basketball at yeah, all? Yeah, I figured basketball is going to kind of run through the week here. Um, I'm actually going to hit UC first. Um, well, we'll jump into high stakes. I feel like you have some thoughts on UC. You might want to spend some time. Uh, so OSU, off to a great start. Uh, they're up on Kent. I don't know what the score is right now, but at the half they were up. Um, just kind of recap High State's week. They beat Stetson last Monday, 86-51. to Kyle Young, career high 15 points. And Caleb Wesson chipped in another 13. And then Friday night, OSU beat Fort Wayne, or sorry, Purdue Fort Wayne, 85-46. Caleb Wesson led the way with 15 points and 7 boards. And Ohio State is up to 5-0. and Number 10 Ohio State, should I say. Um, overall, early returns on this season. Honestly, exceeding yeah. my expectations yeah, yeah. right now. Um, more on the offense end. I just, you know, with 
Holtman's recruitment is a lot of raw guys who are long. I thought defensively you can put – it's a little easier to teach young kids defense. That's a lot more effort and basics. Um, But the offense has really come along. Um, You know, like I said, Kyle Young, I think he's going to be an exciting player. And then obviously Caleb Weston doing what he do, uh, just dominating the glass and obviously, you know, the epicenter of the offense. Um, So, so far off to a great start there. To jump to UC basketball, a uh, little bit, little, little bit of a rough week. Um, yeah, they did beat Illinois State, but that was sixty-six. Barely. Yeah, barely sixty-six, sixty-five. Uh, Jared Cumberland, twenty-three points, and Cumberland also hit the game winner with eight seconds left in the U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam on Friday, and then they did lose to Bowling Green, ninety-one to eighty-four in overtime. Uh, blew a 12-point first-half lead and a 9-point second-half lead as they fall to 3-2. and two. Cumberland carrying the way as usual at 21 points. Josh? Um, actually, Am I, uh, wait, what? you would be wrong. That would be the wrong Cumberland there. Uh, little cousin Javen. Ah, the, the Jace. The Javen Cumberland. Javen. Six threes coming through. Finally, that's what we heard about him over in Oakland, that he could hit the three ball, and we finally saw that. Um, Cumberland had 10 points in the Bowling Green game. Um, he did not play tonight. The Bearcats did win tonight against uh, Valparaiso, but uh, Cumberland, uh, Jaron Cumberland, that is, did not play um, because of the ongoing foot and ankle issues. Um, this show's just falling apart. It's weird. Ray doesn't um, make those mistakes. Uh, Sorry. Oh, well, no, I've gotten caught up on that, too, because when you just see it, they're <laughs> I both, just saw Jay Cumberland, both I Jay popped Cumberland. that down. Yeah. I didn't see the Bowling Green game. No, no I've, I've had to catch myself on that a couple times this year. But, yeah, it's the Bowling Green game was tough because, yeah, they blew the 10 point. They were up 10 points with three and a half minutes left and couldn't get it done. Yeah. So, I mean. And tough. that's not a Bowling Green team expected to uh, no. even compete for the MAC, really. So, um I mean, I, there, there's, there's, there's definitely good and bad in Ohio basketball right now. Um, Xavier pulled out the double overtime uh, game against UConn in uh, their tournament. We um, really come across as like an anti-Xavier. Yes. Show, uh, which I'm I mean, we're even, all three I'm UC even, alums. Not even I know. I was just that. letting the we fans know. We all went know. to the University yeah. of Cincinnati. That's fair. Um, so if uh, I'll personally speak with any Xavier listeners who are unhappy with their Xavier coverage. Um, I don't think there are any. No, so. I don't think there are. Um, if there are, get out. <laughs> um, but uh, no, we'll cover Xavier when we get closer to the. Uh, we'll we'll ramp up the basketball yeah. once football season ends. We're like the we're busy. Show. There's too much yeah, going yeah, on yeah, right yeah. now, man. You gotta you gotta give the people what they want. Get them what and the they people want. don't want. Xavier or basketball yeah. right now, to be honest. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think like Ohio State. Yeah, definitely exceeding my expectations. Um, they're kind of like a weird, like some Kentucky teams from over the past decade, where yeah. they're a little, a little young. You didn't think, you know, they they definitely think they'd have some problems. Yeah, I mean, there. they're just um, some inconsistencies we were at times, a little but bit pretty dominating. Yeah, yeah, it, well, yeah, inconsistencies, and I think that'll get exasperated. They played some really just perfect games. The, the scoring is just what's throwing me off. Um, I haven't seen how it seems. High State teams score like this since you're know, talking about the that the high end of the Thad Mata years there. 
And it's probably been five, six years since we've seen a team score like that. Well, and I think that's what you're seeing in the difference between Ohio State and Cincinnati right now is that Cincinnati coach John Brandon will definitely tell you that there are so many things we need to work on. And not that Holtman won't tell you that either, but uh, like right, he's but. definitely – I've heard him say multiple times <laughs> over the past two weeks that that was a perfect game. We played a perfect Oh, yeah. Game. I mean they have. Like, and they are, they're just executing everything perfectly yeah. right now. And like you said, scoring more than anyone thought and, they would on average. But And the defense is there. And, um, you know, uh, I'm excited. To, you know, a lot of people pick the high state kind of middle of Packard, a few maybe, you know, third or fourth. And, um, you know, right now they're ranked a top ten team. Obviously – long way to go um but earlier returns are good now you know the john brannon you know new coach whole new you know that we're talking about holtman for three minutes in, you know three years in so it's a little right. different um should we get into some segments uh we've got uh we've got some segments to get into i think so yeah we do we'll ask ourselves some questions here and uh get some answers Feel free to give us your answers and crazy takes here. Uh, tweet us, Facebook us, both at 30 Rack Podcast. Um, do you want to say that uh, we will yep. be taking our, our Thanksgiving week off? Um, right. Um, so we there will no, be no show next, next week, week. Yep. but uh, we will return uh, to recap all of it will have a very packed show for you. I love um, a very packed. Yeah, there's a lot going there on. There will be a lot to uncover after rival we rivalry week, week. and we and get going into to championship playoffs. week. So NFL winding down December will be fun. Well, let's go ahead and jump into these segments. Uh, segment number one: uh, Which OSU player? I'm gonna narrow it down. Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, or Chase Young is most likely to go to New York, and then. You know who's most likely, or and or who should go, if any of the three. That's an option as well. Uh, a lot. A lot of people, when I hear this question posed, are all Justin Justin Fields. Um, like if I have you weirdly know, heard a lot. Yeah, of that like like when you recently. when you when you think of Ohio State Buckeyes and Heisman candidate that conversation, you you really hear a lot of people that are like very set on Justin Fields. And I feel like it's a lot of non-Ohio State people and yeah. not knocking Justin. No, Fields, no, not but at it's all. It's all like these non-Ohio State connected people, and I feel like as an Ohio State fan, I'm excited for Justin Fields. He's lived up to the hype. He's still young, is my yeah. point. And yeah, no, I agree. Statistically, I'm just. Maybe you want me to run through the statistics? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes please. Uh, fields on the year. So these are yearly statistics. Uh, through 11 games, 175 of 252. Uh, it's a 69.4% completion percentage. 2,300 yards passing, 33 touchdowns, one pick. And then rushing 105 carries for 445 yards, 10 TDs. Dobbins, 219 carries. For 1,446 yards, that's 6.6 yards a pop with 15 touchdowns. And he pitches in two more touchdowns uh, receiving. And then Chase Young, 38 total tackles, 16 and a half sacks, and seven forced fumbles, which the last two both lead the nation. Yeah. My goodness. That's... That's my thing, is that, like, as as time goes on in this Heisman Mm -hmm. uh, conversation, this Heisman battle... The more I, the more I want to send Chase Young to New York. I mean, I I think he's the one who deserves. Dobbins is the one who will go. Is my opinion. Yes, 
I, I'd agree with you there. Actually. Not that I Dobbins mean, doesn't by any means, but I mean, just just the workload alone that J.K. Dobbins carries. Oh yeah, is insane. I mean, like forget forget yardage, forget forget his average per carry. Mm-hmm. Just the amount of thirty six carries on Saturday um, with oh yeah, that I mean, offense just, is insane. I mean, he's got a very capable running back who I know high State fans are excited for, Master Teague, who's pitched in 800 yards or almost 800 yards rushing this year. So it's not like they just need him. They trust him. He's the bell cow. But I agree, I getting back to Josh's point with the uh, the Justin Fields thing. I heard that on game day, and I've heard that for the last few weeks. I hear week. that everywhere. Super efficient. You couldn't ask for anything more. He makes the smart plays yeah, when not, he makes them. I'm not them. saying that he shouldn't be in the but, conversation, sure. I mean, kind of, but really but, not. But, but really, does the numbers, because, yeah, when you look at the numbers he puts up, it's not game-defining numbers. It's not game-changing numbers. It's efficient numbers, yes. It's good numbers, Efficient yes. with a few big plays peppered in. yes. But when you look, even when you look at all the sacks in that mm-hmm. that Chase Young has had, just when you pick right. each of those out individually, like so many of them are such clutch moment, third Big down, plays, huge yeah. sacks, the seven forced fumbles. Like, I mean, it's insane. Exactly. Like, show me a guy that is just dominating his man after every play and dominating every oh, game yeah. and making an impact every quarter of every game, like Chase Young is right I now. I mean, like people point out. He didn't have to get on a stat sheet, and he still makes a play. I mean, he's right. They're always double, triple teaming in. That opens it up for somebody else. Um, that's why I think he deserves to go. I mean, I think he deserves to go because so many times we look at, we just measure the stats, right? We just look at paper, right? And everything. Chase Young has, excuse me. Chase Young has come so far as a player into now this year when you look at this season. Mm-hmm. I think when we talk about the Heisman, we have to, uh, to look at impact. Like, what does this, what is this player's impact week to week on a game? Oh, yeah. And Chase Young's impact right now is, I think, just greater than Anybody. many other players' impacts. Oh, I agree. Right yeah. now. Anybody. You know, like, there, there were moments in that game where if it weren't for Chase Young – then uh, you give Penn State another first down and oh, right, uh, yeah. some of those in the red zone. Like, I don't know. I no. just have a vibe. I have a hard time looking. I know that is not how a lot of voters look at it. No, they I'm don't. Just, you know, that's They're going to look at the it. statistics. And we all know, unless something catastrophic happens, Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. Not saying I necessarily disagree. He is. But I agree. I think. If you just watch film and just went with the eye test and who pops off the screen, right? Is I mean Chase Young. Well, let's be very clear here. We're not we're we're debating which Buckeye well, should yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it step. You know, yeah, we're not saying that Chase Young should win the Heisman. Um, but I am. But yeah, uh, yeah, I am a little bit. <laughs> but if we're simply basing right. it on does this player deserve to go, yeah. then I think that he is the most deserved of any player in college football right now. Mm-hmm. To yeah. go to New York and at least be there. And let's not count the fact that I say could get to and Burrow could still win. I mean, how nuts. Yeah. First of all, how crazy would that be? That'd be three Buckeyes because, I mean, Joe Burrow does have a high state degree. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Hanging that up. Is he true. is a Buckeye. And actually, funny, I know, I didn't know this. He still has, he can still get into the facility. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. But no, I think we both agree. Uh, Dobbin's probably the most likely. Uh, not that he doesn't deserve it, but Chase Young, I think, pops off for both of us. 
But let's go ahead and jump into segment number two. Um, this is kind of a, a fun one a little bit. Obviously, we don't know the situation. Uh, Mike Bone uh, took the University of Southern California's athletic director job after five years at UC. So UC is on the hunt for a new AD. And Josh, what is one thing... You know, I think each AD over the last 15 years has really done something to elevate UC sports since the Bob Huggins yeah, there's, era there's, they've, and all they've that. always had, like, one big, big right. thing, you know? What's the one thing that the next UC AD needs to do? Or if there's one thing you could just have them do and explain why they, you know, they would be able to do that. Like, what maybe... Uh, short answer? Short. Short, yeah. short answer here is that uh, stay the course. Um, you just, you know, all What's these new, the end goal. So all the, well, that's the, that's the long answer. We'll get to that. I mean, I was going to say I have a pretty long answer um, too. Okay. The short answer is that you just need to stay the course. Mm. Uh, Cincinnati, Mike Bone did a great job of, you know, kind of building up varsity village, really oh, making yeah. UC athletics, Cincinnati Bearcat athletics, a co- cohesive thing, mm. really brought in a new game day experience. Hired all these new coaches. Game day updates, experience is great. Updates to the facilities. Oh, yeah. Game yeah, day experience yeah. is so fun. Up fantastic. There. Plus, it's one of those few centrally located yeah. college football yeah, you know, stadiums they've right done in the a, middle yeah, of campus. The Viking Village thing, you've still kept that. Like, very important thing to the UC Varsity culture. Varsity Village? I believe that's what it's called. No, I know. You called it Viking Village. Oh, excuse me. I don't know where. I don't even know. Keep going. <laughs> um, varsity, the, Yeah, the Varsity Village there in... Um, so you have all that that Mike Bone built, and we're so thankful to Mike Bone for that. And, you know, good luck to him at USC. This right. next athletic director needs to make sure that all those new hires stay happy, fans stay happy with all the updates, and just keep building upon that. Now, the long answer is get into a Power 5 Well, okay, that now. was my answer. Damn it, Josh! Damn my answer. Um, I mean, that's the obvious. Well, that's that, the is, obvious that is next the obvious next step. Yeah. There isn't, like, UC Athletics is kind of, like, peaking right now you know like i said it's not a stepping stone it needs to be a destination right. job exactly and you need to make it a destination job you have got you have got to find a way to either elevate the aac you and that's the thing i guess the next and decision wise yeah that is the big when we talk about the past ad's that you see and they've all had that one big thing that they've accomplished right. this next ad their one big thing is going to be the decision that they have to make. Do I stay with the American and try and pile it on and build the American? Right. Or do we leave the American at some point and go to wherever we can get into a power I, five I conference? mean, I think I agree. I think this is all playing into where should this next AD come from? I think it needs to come from an associate athletic director Maybe even the athletic director, depending on what program. Not gonna get specific, but I'm saying in one of those two positions, from a Big Twelve or an ACC, I think those are the two most logical. Because the Big Ten is not happening. People get over it. There's no, no the reason. Big, no, no. There's no any, reason any for it. Any Cincinnati fan out there that thinks the Bearcats should be in the Big Ten just it, it no. doesn't make. There's no, no reason for yeah. the Big Ten to even want to do that. But anyway, those are the two most logical. Um, obviously. Would create, you know, a nice thing about each of those conferences, you have a natural rivalry or with some history. You know, if we go to the ACC, they have to play Louisville again, uh, Big 12, West Virginia. Um, 
I think you need a guy who has some connections in those conferences because it's already been said, and I think could be five, ten, who knows how many years. Eventually, all the Power Five schools or conferences will be sixteen teams. So you're talking about a couple conferences. The Big Twelve still uh, stuck at twelve, and then uh, ACC's fourteen, right. like the Big Ten. Um, Everybody knows. Everybody knows it's going there. Yeah, you so have. So they're all going to be adding two that. to yeah. four teams anyway. So if you have a guy who was an associate athletic director or an athletic director, I mean, you see, had I don't know what the Big Twelve was doing. It was so weird that whole. Yeah, they and, paraded well, all those let's, schools. Let's be very clear here: is that I am not blaming Mike Bone or oh, any. No, UC they didn't take anybody. For, SMU for, yeah, would have been a good pick. The any big, of those. the Big Twelve is the party that screwed oh, that yeah. royally screwed that. They whole shouldn't have situation. even done it then. It I, well. I'll even go as far as to say is that Texas, the Texas Longhorns and the Texas Longhorn TV network well, yeah, screwed they got the, the whole way. situation. Yeah. That's a weird I mean that's but, why Oklahoma's threatened to leave right. multiple times. That whole network's a mess. So so and that's the thing, is that unfortunately too, is that with as since we're getting into talking TV deals here, yeah, you know, the ESPN and the new ESPN contract with the AAC, I mean schools are getting seven million dollars. And it's a nice um, which, contract. Which, yeah, I mean, that might not seem a lot to someone like the Texas Longhorns or right, the Oklahoma but Sooners, but for, that keeps for the AAC for a school like East Carolina that University. That keeps the athletic department afloat. The school like Temple, a school like Tulane, like that is huge. That's oh, yeah. huge. Oh, yeah, they're big. And to have that guaranteed. So then that's the thing. that That's what I'm saying is that this next athletic director is going to have to make the decision at some point. Right. Like, what is the course for us? Personally, I would love just to see the AAC. Let's make it a nice even round six power five school conferences and then an 18 playoff. The six uh, champions get their uh, automatic and you get two uh, two at-large bids. Yeah. Seems pretty clean, easy to me. You cut one uh, non-conference game out. Yeah. I, play I mean, three and then you, everybody play. Everybody should have to play a nine-game conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, so. when we look at the bigger picture here, I mean, we have to work, like like you were saying, where it, each Power 5 conference will at some point be 16 teams. Like, we have to... Well, uh, unless college, they did this. But yeah, yeah, col- yeah, college athletics and the NCAA eventually just need to work towards, like, that as a goal. Like, we're talking bigger picture here beyond yeah, the UCAD oh, yeah, thing yeah. here. Like, we need to work towards that as a whole. But as it relates to UC and what the next athletic director needs to do, yeah, there's going to have to be at, at some point you're going to have to make a big decision on what the course is for University of Cincinnati Athletics. I don't even think it's necessarily setting the course. Yeah, not they know a what course. it is. You it's know just what you, you need to get the guy yeah. who can get the job done. Right. And I think someone with those connections in one of those conferences would go a long way. All right. I think it would, but uh, I think we're going to transition to some national stuff here. Yeah, uh, while we get ready for our second can. Uh, Streetside Breweries Subra, a New Subra. England style IPA that Josh picked us up for the show. Um, like I said, not uh, not too familiar with the uh, brewery, but um, I really do enjoy the beer. It's a very I'm a IPA connoisseur, if I don't say so myself, and it's a very very good IPA. Kind of fits the. Uh, I know it seems like this guy on the cans like sitting at a beach, but honestly, I kind of feel like it fits more of the fall feel. It's yeah. a little crisper. Yeah, I, last last week, obviously, with Land Grants being named Pool Party, was definitely like a summer oh, West yeah. Coast IPA uh, that for was, sure. No, that know? wasn't an IPA. Remember? 
That was a pilsner. Or yeah, that was a pilsner. That's why we were like, oh my god, I've never had it. I've never had a pilsner that tasted so flavorful. This one, yeah, it's not like too citrusy. You know, it's still. No, it just got like a little more of that. Yeah, it's got like a darker fall kind of taste, which I really enjoy. So obviously, we recommend. It is. It is out on the east side. Um, Columbia Tusculum oh, you go uh, out a... towards the uh, Mount Lookout area okay um, so mm-hmm. down there on uh, down there on Route 50 right as uh, Kellogg Avenue begins as oh, the Street wow. Side Brewery okay, is located right down there. so yeah we'll go have to go check that out sometime right um, yeah and I promise yeah I promise we'll, we'll get up into northern we'll, Ohio we'll, we'll, we'll move out we'll move different out different beers here we're gonna move um, out of Cincinnati this here, can yeah. this can just spoke to me uh, the guy the guy in his uh, drug rug and glasses and beard <laughs> what did you his drug like, rug yeah well, which is the drug rug this thing he's wearing, man. Look at look at this. Isn't that called Khaki a, shorts? a hemp? Isn't that a hemp hoodie or something? Like uh, that? Something like that. I don't think that you know. We could we can get into semantics it's all like day. It's like a cool. But look program. at him. He's just like yeah. He's just like this cool hipster dude. And he's just like sub, bro. And I was like sub. I gotta get that. <laughs> Did you talk to it in the in the store? Yeah, I stood there and had a little conversation with the guy. So, but uh, the New England style IPA sub bra from Streetside Brewery is our beer this week. It's quite fantastic. It's very good. We haven't had a bad beer yet. I don't think we will have a bad beer because no. we live in Ohio and we have so many uh, great. We do and great and brewers and breweries. I mean, anything better than like beer thirty, something like that. Bud Ice. Ooh. See, PBR has a PBR Extra now. No. PBR Extra. It's uh so like this IPA is uh 6.7%. Yeah. Uh and I believe PBR Extra is 6.5%. Damn, what 6. am I doing with my life? Why are right? we not? I know. Uh international news though. Uh we're going to there are a couple big games in the NFL over the weekend. Uh the Pats took down the Cowboys 13 to 9 and then the 49ers defeated the Packers 37-8 to in a matchup of the top two teams in the NFC. Uh, both the Pats and Niners moved to 10-1. and um, Kind of just some things that jump off the page already. Josh, what has happened to Aaron Rodgers? And for people who don't know, I am an owner of the Packers. I own a piece of stock, so I get massive voting rights. And uh, I don't know, man. He, he had 20 completions for 104 yards. Um, not going to get it done. And I feel like the NFC is a foregone conclusion and how this is all going to end up with San Francisco. Yeah. I mean. Quite honestly, I think we could see this very same matchup again in January. Um, and I think we would see the very same outcome. I don't. I, I yeah. don't think. I, I would not go as far as to ask the question, um, "What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers?" Um, I mean, in a as way, much, in a way. Um, I mean, like, I think more. You have to look at that San Francisco defense. Is just oh yeah, no, but insane. nobody is. I mean, that out. I know. No, I agree. And he had no time. And then uh, Balaga got hurt. Your right tackle, which. I mean, I mean, yeah, I agree that you know with Bosa, that defensive line is just insane, um, and, and obviously there's just natural things. Rodgers is older; he doesn't move like he used to, um, but it just seemed like the last 
couple of years, and I think he's had some high notes um, with Lafleur Lafleur and his offense. Lafleur, um, but I mean, there's been there's been a pretty consistent drop off statistically the last four years. Um, but I agree. I honestly think the bigger story we could go down the Packers road, and it's just gonna depress me. The defense is, um, you know, started off hot. They played well the first half, uh, for the most part. But honestly, I agree. I think it's a, the bigger story is the San Francisco 49ers. I think seeing that game. I mean, their their it, defensive schemes just with. I mean, the offense the, is good too. With Shannon, yeah, yeah, the offense is great, but defensively, I mean, you just look at like they the amount of pressure they're able to bring with uh, sim- sim- simply just just three guys sometimes. Um, yeah, and. The second, the secondary being as good as it is, I mean, well, that's what I mean. I mean, you look at. I, you like have to you bring said, three guys. I mean, you can drop even, eight. even when Rodgers was completing a golf ball, he still only averaged one point nine yards per carry, or excuse me, per pass. Right. Um. So, I think I think you definitely have to. Not I, there's no reason to panic, um, as no. Aaron Rodgers famously said, R E L A X. But 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 I stand by what I what I said about like I there's there's a fair chance that you could see this matchup again in January, and let me tell uh, you right now I one for one for fifteen on third down is not going to get it done against the San Francisco 49ers. No, I'll tell you no, that right no, now. No, one for fifteen on third down isn't going to cut it against anyone. No, it's not. Um, I do know. And this is what's going to happen if they play the Niners. But the Packers do not want to go back to California. I mean, they got waxed out of nowhere by the Chargers. And then, you know, the Niners, uh, just a dominating victory. I agree. I mean, the Packers are going to get in. You know, they're 8-3 now. I don't see any reason why they don't probably finish 11 or 12 wins. Here's my biggest problem with the Packers offense is that in, in, in this and this lack is a key. of adjustments. Well, well, lack of adjustments, yes, but that's the uh, same thing we had with Mike McCarthy. I don't know. Like, especially this is the weirdest thing is that the Packers very, very, very well at like not even close on time of possession. The Packers <clears throat> oh, had no. time of possession by over twelve minutes. Right. And when you win time of possession like that. And you're only averaging 1.9 per pass and are one for 15. Yeah. One for 15 on third down. I You got to really brutal. take a look at something. There. Well, yeah, they got to get it figured out. And, you know, there's always the questions, and this is partly on Aaron's fault, but is he buying in? You know, what's the situation? They're, they're so – for a team that's 8-3, to me they're still very night and day on offense, week to week, quarter to quarter. Uh, that's something I have to figure out. I mean, and 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 yeah, defense. I mean, the the 49ers already have a great offense, but I mean, they didn't really do a, like anything crazy. I oh mean, no, I mean, it wasn't like they 45, gashed, 45 and yards a lot of off that six carries. Is and, your point where one of fifteen on third down? That's so many three and outs. That right. defense is coming right back. And the defense, and it wasn't on the defense. They have not been as sharp as they were at the beginning of the year, but they've still pretty much held this shit together most consistently. But yeah, um, so that was the one game, and then uh, Pats Dallas, kind of a another ugly game. 
for uh, both these teams who have had a surprising number of just ugly games. Um, you know, uh, Jerry Jones shooting his mouth off right after, not happy with the uh, Jason no Garrett coaching regime that we hear every week for the last like six years. Yeah, and he's still there. Monday morning rolls uh, around. I saw I saw some clip from Stephen A. Smith about how Jerry Jones needs to fire Stephen A. Smith or fire uh, um, Jason Garrett tomorrow. It's like. Wow, never heard You're that before. You're not going to do that November 1. Um, I mean, I do agree. Is it, I think, is this is he holding on for Lincoln Riley? I don't know, but here's my thing. If you want Lincoln Riley or any coach worth their salt, who wants to go somewhere where your owner, right after the game, just basically says he has no faith in what you've been doing recently, like, right. at all? Like I, I mean, I get his point to some extent, Oh no, Is he's fully right. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, I mean, right. I mean we. I'm sure everyone's seen that stat on the Cowboys on uh, their record against teams below 500 record and their record against teams right. above a 500 record this year. Uh, if you haven't, they have yet to beat a team over 500 this year. Six and one against the rest. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But Owen, I believe it's 0 and five against uh, above 500 teams. So yeah, I totally get where he's coming they have from. The they pieces. can't win the big. They can't win the big games, which no. is what has been the Cowboys' mo for a decade. Right, now. right, right. That's what I mean. Like, I mean yeah, he's been there the whole time, and um, you know, and that's the crazy thing is, I I feel like they are very seriously holding out for Lincoln Riley. Who's to say Lincoln Riley wants to go in the NFL at all? No, yeah. College coaches make just as much, if not more. They have more control. Well, it's like they're the face. And it's not to say Jerry Jones has the money. I mean, it is Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones we're talking about. Right. But at a certain point, like you said, who wants to go somewhere where the owner is going to throw you under the bus as soon as the final whistle blows? Right. In Oklahoma, I promise you, can match anything Jerry Jones will pay you. And you have complete control. I always tell people that all the time. When we start talking about college, well, why won't college coaches want to jump? Oh, they're definitely want to go. Like, why? You have complete exactly. control over every aspect of that program, and you make six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars with bonuses in it. Are you kidding me? Um, uh, the whole I, I'm I'm really, and this is what the whole week leading up to this game, I was like, wow, New England, you know, because New England and Dallas, you know, kind of the two right. power. You know, the two well, teams. Well, I mean, those, those are two you know, legitimate. I mean, that's why I said those are two big games. Those were four legitimate Super Bowl contenders right. that people were talking so, about early in the year. So, but my thing is, is that I kept hearing is like, oh, it's Tom Brady versus Dallas and blah, 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 and all this. And I the whole week, I was just like, we're, Tom Brady's going to win. Dallas yeah. is going to squander something in the second half. <laughs> Everybody will be out with their pitchforks on Monday calling for Jason Garrett to be fired. Jerry Jones will say something ridiculous. Stephen A. Smith will be do something funny in a hat on ESPN. <laughs> like it's the same thing every time. Oh, every yeah, single every, year, every we get to the year. end of November, get into December, and it's just like, oh, the Cowboys blowing big games. Jason Garrett should be fired. Probably like, every single year. But it's man. been every year, man. I mean, Even they make Tony the Brown Romo. family look patient. Even, yeah. <laughs> and that, I was about, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I, I held back from saying this, not like maybe 30 seconds ago is that maybe the Cowboys are becoming the NFL's new bangles. They could be. Because now with the bangles sucking, there's no team that 
is just good enough to make it into right. the playoffs they to can't lose do a game every single year. Yeah, yeah. And that's the Cowboys. That, that is. That has just been them. good enough. Can't win the big games. Look great everywhere no. else, but the big games, terrible. You're right, though. That's They'll spot make on. it into the playoffs. Lose mm. that first game. Jason Garrett have one yep. playoff win? Uh, yeah. I think oh. one. One or two. That, um, should, that shouldn't cut it. For but, the Cowboys. For, yeah, right? for America's like Texas, team. Yeah, that's that's, that's my thing. Is like, oh, you call yourself America's team and everything. And sure, yeah, they've got like the one of the biggest followings in the world they for a football team. They have an FN star on their helmet, Josh. Uh, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just the same. It's song and dance. Every, it is. Like, it's annoying and no one gives a shit anymore. So we'll we'll see. We'll see where the Cowboys we'll end up in we'll a couple see. weeks. Talk about people crying. Um, number six, Oregon fell to ASU, Arizona State. The fight in Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Well, you know who his special advisor is. Uh, a man by the who? name of, this is such a good segue because we were just talking about this. Oh, damn it. Marvin Lewis. Ah, that would have been a good setup. I didn't know it. he's special Sixth, advising. He, he's the Hugh Jack. He's the, the Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Jackson to Mar- he's Marvin Lewis's <laughs> Hugh Jackson. Marvin Lewis's Hugh Jackson. Yeah. I did not know that. Fun fact. Um, Oregon did fall, though, 31 to 28. Uh, Justin Herbert, 20 of 36 for 304. Two touchdowns, but two costly interceptions. Um, Jaden Daniels. 22 of 32 for 408 yards and three TDs for the Sun Devils. Um, you know, damn, I mean, this looked like a Big 12 game. Teams combined for 993 yards. Oregon had 458. Uh, Arizona State had 535. Herm still had to be rolling over in his grave as a ex-cornerback. But um, no defense. But uh, that's, you know, kind of our – that was really what was a pretty boring weekend. Something came out of it. Honestly, I remember the game popped on later, and people were like, you want to watch that? And I was like, nah, turn that off. That's not going to be a game. No. No, I didn't expect that to be a game either. Um, I think what we saw here is what I was worried about a little um, with Oregon is because if you remember from last week when we did our college football playoff predictions, I actually had Oregon at four. I know. Um, So now I'm not so sure because – my thing. Was, oh, really? Now, now, now you're not sure they're going to make it. Well, the only the thing I was worried about with that is I was like, if Oregon can win out and can show that they can continue to win these games and play as an efficient team, then great. But you should be worried. They lost. Same, There's no way. Same, same. The Ohio State thing. People were saying, oh, well, how will they play under an adversity? And that right. was my thing with Herbert is how specifically him. Yeah. How will he play? under adversity and yeah the two interceptions were very very oh. very costly interceptions um you know three-point game yeah I, I mean to be fair they were they were in tempe right yes yeah so to be i mean tempe reminds me of what i met like what bloomington is in the big 10 just seems like a sleepy place to go i could be way off because um, you know i don't stay up for a lot of late night pack 12 but i just imagine like a four and five Arizona State team running out there. Could not have been a packed house. Um, but, you know, this is what Oregon does, man. They do it every year. Yeah. Except the one year they went to the national title and they got rolled. Well, twice. God, they went twice and got rolled. Uh. <laughs> well, that was that was also my, my concern. It's like, I, I want, because this is a good team. I think this is the best 
better than those two Oregon teams. Really? Um, Ooh. But that this was ah, this was just disappointing to me because the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is just Arizona State is uh they were 6 and uh 6 and uh they were 5 and 5 coming into this. They're 6 and 5 uh, now. Five and five, 3 and yeah. 3 and 5 in the conference. Okay. Um and we've talked about how much of a mess that conference is. The um, Pac-12's got an identity crisis and it's been going on for a decade. Well, and that's that's what was that's what was a shame to me about this game and even some of the games in the Big 12 as well. I mean, we talk about the Big 10 cannibalizing itself as well right. all the time, but the the Pac twelve, I thought this was. I mean, a you got to have more than like Pac-12. two teams ranked to can or three teams and to cannibalize yourself. But I get what you're saying. It's just, yeah, it's just there's conference no, is no a joke, right? Because because you get into these and con- you have the biggest recruiting hotbed in the country. Well, and that's that's my struggle with it is that that you have what should be on paper. It seems like you should be able to make great teams and have the multiple teams like the big 10 does this cannibalization you see here is the wild inconsistencies you have. So I I don't know. I was, I was very disappointed in this game. Well, yeah. I mean, it was interesting to get another conference in the PAC 12. I I don't think Utah is going to be able to do it. I think the PAC 12 is out hot take of the week. If you want, I I think that's, that's, that's Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve's out. Honestly, I think either the SEC or Big Ten will get two teams in, and I think uh, you know, obviously, Clemson should win out. Um, speaking of Clemson and the rest of college football, I uh, was going to jump into that AP poll. Obviously, the college football rankings will come out tomorrow, but just to get an idea. Um, AP poll LSU. I'll get to that in a minute. Still maintains the number one spot with 50 first place votes. High State still a number two. Did gain a couple. Nine first place votes. Clemson at three with three first place votes. And then you've got Georgia at the fourth spot. Bama, Utah, OU, Florida, Minnesota. And that team up north rounds out the top ten. And then 11 through 25, we have Baylor, Penn State, Wisconsin, Oregon, Notre Dame, Auburn, Memphis, UC, Iowa, Boise, OK State, App State, Vodtech, Navy, and USC rounding up top 25. Uh, Josh, any thoughts? Uh, I think about everyone's, you know, where they should be except LSU and Ohio State. I would switch those two. Thank you. Um, that is not uh, – I think I think Zach comes off more biased than I do. Um, he's well, obviously a I huge, am biased, a huge but Ohio but I try State to be fan. subjective. Uh, but no, like and and I've said this before. Like I'm usually not like I'm not a you know diehard Ohio State fan. I root for Ohio State. They are the the state's team, as you will. And I there's no week I root for the Buckeyes more than this week. Oh, um, but looking at it, yeah, just subjectively, like I said earlier in the show. I mean, just, defensively, they're just. They shot themselves in the foot a few times, but they still won by 11. I don't yeah. – I mean, and then I've, LSU's defense gave up 407 yards rushing to a 5-4 and four Ole Miss team. Right, like I don't, I don't see LSU's defense stopping J.K. Dobbins. Or in, anybody. Yeah. No. So Ohio State I think should be one. Uh, Clemson – the thing that makes me I don't I'm I'm not upset necessarily that Clemson is three. Um I I do think that Clemson should be in the college football playoff for sure. Um 
But the fact that people are they're still getting first place votes right. is the thing that bothers me. They got three first place votes. And they've looked really good. Yeah. Like they've yes. they've gained more curry in my favor in the last few weeks, but um I and mean, I'm they fine haven't with, played anybody. And though. I'm totally fine with LSU still getting first place votes too. Like in my opinion, like really you in 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 the real reality of things, you could go one and two either way. I really do think I bet Ohio all those writers are from South one. Carolina. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I Clemson Clemson's still getting first place votes is somewhat annoying to me. Um for those of you that that might be upset about the Bearcats dropping behind Memphis, it makes it, perfect sense because there were people that were upset with the college football playoff when they dropped behind them. It but it's just like, how do you look? Like, yeah, they're ten and one, but they're the worst ten and one oh, team yeah. in sports I mean, the way they look right now. Yeah, I mean, they're lucky that they haven't put them like twenty five or something. Um, uh, yeah, I'm amazed that they've managed to stay at seventeen or eighteen for right. this long. Um, but it's it's. Uh, USC getting in there at twenty five, um, make, making some making some headway there. Uh, no, 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 what really interests me when we've been looking at the top twenty five this year, it's kind of a long way the perception of the Big Ten has gone. Where the Big Ten was lucky to get like four teams, and I, I mean, you've seen some of these. I mean, where are we at six again? I think a Big Ten's pretty much led the country in top twenty five teams all year. Um, don't really have a lot to say. I, mean, I guess it's just an interesting take when we went through that whole SEC 10 teams in the top 25 for like a decade and a half. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to see the perception of the Big Ten's really risen. I mean, it's really the SEC Big Ten. Yeah. And uh, the ACC that saves them is Clemson because the rest of the conference is trash. And the yeah. other two conferences are trash. I mean, it's a lot of dearth right now, honestly. Yeah. I When you, when you look at it really outside of the top, 10 um i'm actually kind of surprised that florida is still up there right at eight um, what about that uh well and texas isn't in there now at least the ap but how did they jump last week from being unranked to a three-point win at k-state jumped it back to 19 in the college football see that's why right. i'm curious uh, yeah. to see how these rankings all, are going to turn out tomorrow because between the ap and the college football playoffs and that's fine because they way, shouldn't be the same but a lot no. of i've agreed more with the ap poll so far this year than the playoff poll. Yes, I would agree honestly, with that. Honestly, yeah. that's usually the opposite. The 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 cultural playoff poll, I don't know what's going on, honestly, there. There's some interesting takes. Um but to kind of round out, um, we'll talk about a interesting um we'll get some FCS football. They don't need no stinking rankings. The Ivies. The Ivies, and they don't even get to play in the playoffs. Um Harvard Yale game. Really, we're talking about it because, interestingly enough, halftime was postponed for one hour due to a student Yale Harvard's. There's both of them out there. Student protests on the field. Uh, about 150 protesters, up to 42 arrested. Um, primarily about climate change, and I thought that's what it was all about. And I, when I read the article, there were some people also um, protesting various different things which I thought was interesting. <laughs> so it wasn't just climate change. Um, only at Ivy League schools does this happen. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting when uh, I saw some funny SEC takes, like if you tried to do that at an Alabama game. Yeah, I saw, I saw some wild takes yeah. like that. I'm pretty sure I know the tweet you're referencing. Well, um, I don't remember something about you have to go pick up 100 corpses. Yeah. Uh, that's probably fair. 
And I, that wouldn't shock me in the least bit. Here's the thing that I think people uh, people are getting all bent out of shape that this happened and everything, and that they're that you can't you can't climb. Well, first off, the people that say you can't protest climate change because there's no like uh, subject, what? like it's not a concrete thing. Okay. It's just like um, it is a concrete thing. <laughs> I mean, we didn't yeah, have fall in Ohio this year. We in Ohio. If you live in Ohio and don't think climate change is real, no. we didn't Ohio have knows fall. more than anybody. We didn't have an autumn, folks. No, we didn't. It That's weird. That's the to, best yeah, time of year. I know. I, we missed the best the time of year. The only good time of year in this goddamn state is the go, fall. Yeah, we, you and I were out at the Oktoberfest. It's like 93 degrees. And then now, all of a sudden, it's like barely 30 degrees. Right. Like that. It's Boom. Brutal. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> Try to stay away from politics as much as we can. But, for, so, where I'm going right. with this is, though, that I think... There was there's something going on at the schools specifically, right? Um, about those schools, you know, it's hard. You know, it's Harvard and Yale. You right. Know, they should be. I'm not saying they, they also should be, cutely but they have, call it the game. But anyway, they have the power and the capabilities there, definitely, to put more research and studies oh, and I efforts was, into climate change. I didn't change. know why I was making it a big deal. About and I this. don't think that's happening there. Right. Um, so I think that is why specifically, because even their signs were in their messages were pointed more directly at Harvard and Yale do not yeah. do enough for, oh, or they yeah. do not believe in well, climate change. We could go all the way up to POTUS on that one. But um, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't know why everybody's making a big deal about it. At the end of the day, it's college. This is kind of what college is. Yeah. I um, mean, I thought it was kind of cool that they let him stay out there for an hour. Uh, I guess. I yeah, mean, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a bit much. They kind of did like it a sit-in style at the 50-yard yeah. line. If, if, for those of you that haven't seen the pictures, it was very sit-in style with some big banners right at the 50-yard line. 15 minutes probably would have went yeah. over better. I agree. Um, then the cops should have went out there and cleared it up early. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's all worked up about I mean, it. Yeah, I will, I will give everybody on both sides of the coin here great props for letting a group protest peacefully. Right. And yeah, I don't, like, I don't oh, think it... Well, there you go. We, they gave them their time and they came and protested. And then, they were like, oh, well, I guess we got to hold off on football while they protest for a little bit. Right. And they got back to I football. Mean, yeah, it's, it's, no. it's amateur I, I think I think the world could learn a lot from that. <laughs> Oh yeah, that could have. Like, I I believe those SEC teams. Yeah, I think like, that you shit would have got ugly real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah people would have died. Um, we're gonna go ahead and jump into some segments. Some segments. Uh, we're gonna kind of piggyback off um, our first uh, news story. So with the Pats and Niners um, both winning this weekend. Uh, I don't know, Josh. I mean, both Pats and Niners ten and one. Are we destined for a Pats Niners Super Bowl? If not, who do you have as uh, the Super Bowl? Sorry, I had to let the beat drop. Oh yeah, beat drop. Uh, who do I have for the Super Bowl? Definitely the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, oh, if yeah. we're talking just between the Patriots and the 49ers, uh, as far as which one of those teams are the shoe in. Niners. Uh, the Niners are easily. Yeah. Uh, I think the Niners are going to the Super Bowl for sure. Um, I'm not as convinced on the Patriots because I think there's some things going on with their offense right now um, that they need to get worked out. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, you had Tom Brady last. He didn't week. throw a touchdown. Yeah, last didn't week. throw a touchdown last week. Um, 
I mean, even this or week was wasn't pretty. The, the trip, yeah. the phantom tripping or the tripping. So the, I, I definitely think the Niners are making the Super Bowl. Of the AFC, there's no team that really like screams to me mm-hmm. that they're making – I didn't think a crapshoot, honestly. Yeah, I really think, it, like we were saying earlier, with the Browns still being able to make it in, there are so many six and five teams out there right now. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a, a rematch of the 2013 Super Bowl, uh, Baltimore and the Niners again. Um, I think that's 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 what I would lean. More Belichick towards. reminds me so much of a Saban. And his defenses struggle with a mobile quarterback who can throw the ball around a little bit. And I think, I mean, we, we already saw what Baltimore did to New England. And it was it didn't seem like a fluke sometimes. You know, New England has those losses. But New England struggled since then. Right. I think they found something. Um, I mean, there's, just to look at the NFL playoff picture here for yeah. a minute. I mean, we've got. The ten, the Patriots are ten and one, yes, and they have the one seed right now. But like, like we've said, like there's some things going on there. I think a little bit of deteriorating this mm-hmm. past month, a little, and then the Ravens are eight and two. But I mean, you look at that team, and They're a lot of people, and, all, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, there's no way you beat the Patriots twice in one year. Like nobody ever beats the Patriots twice in one year. But I, I don't know. I think yeah. Baltimore can do it. Past that. You have each div- – and I think each conference has the quiet, a very quiet dark horse. The right. quiet dark horse, dark horse in the AFC being the Buffalo Bills uh, who are currently sitting at the, the five seed but at eight and three. Uh, yeah. They, they're a quiet eight and three team, yeah. A quiet eight and three team there. But then past that, I mean, Chiefs and Texans are seven and four and then the Steelers have the final spot right now at six and five but they still have to play the Browns again. The Browns at five and six – Still have the Colts, Titans, and Raiders who are six and five. So who knows? But like from the AFC Super Bowl, I'm thinking yeah. Ravens. I agree. Yeah. Uh NFC, uh, their quiet dark horse is still the two seed, uh, the New Orleans Saints. They have been quiet. Well, they've um, they've had some struggles on defense recently, though. So yeah, I think, yeah, they're the dark horse. I think they're the weaker dark horse. Uh, not mm. that I'm saying the Bills are a strong dark horse. But those are the two kind of quiet teams kind of riding out a pretty decent record here. Uh, I do think the Seahawks have the best chance, though. If we're talking at best chance to knock off the 49ers, I think the Seahawks are going to have the best chance there. Oh, yeah, that Um, would be an interesting uh, They have the flashiness to kind of mix that. Well, Russell Wilson. Yeah, to mix that defense up. Dangerous. Yeah. They got close this last time. They did. They so, did. I, um, so I think we're, we're we both going Baltimore. I think, San I, th- Fran. I think we're both going Baltimore. Pretty, San Fran, pretty so. honest. I mean, I would love for it to be Packers, but I just uh, I just hope they can get over that embarrassment. To be so, honest, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we are going to get ourselves a nice. Uh, we could get ourselves a nice Packers Vikings NFC North divisional matchup, perhaps. Um, but even that, I'm not looking. Uh, uh, looking to that game with a whole lot of confidence for the Packers. Nothing right now. Just complete embarrassment all the way around. Um, speaking of what could potentially be embarrassments, but I don't think so. Who wore it best? Who wore it best? We haven't done this segment, I think, since maybe our first yeah, episode. It it's been a while for this episode. segment. Yeah. We're pulling. We're pulling this back out of the out Dusting of the bin. It off. Yeah. Uh, who wore it best? 
We are talking as we, uh, as I'm sure baseball fans are aware. But if you're just I'm casual stoked sports about fan, it, to be honest, I'm uh, a Nike yeah. fan and a baseball fan. Nike will be the new provider of uniforms for Major League Baseball. We've also uh, not everybody is announced. Not everybody is getting like a complete overhaul. The Indians are getting nothing, which uh, kind of bummed me a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the the Reds, I didn't think were getting anything, but I'd, they did get a change to their alternate uniform. Oh, did they? A little um, bit. Did they get a slight one? It's actually a pretty big one. Um, so they'll oh. still wear um the same home whites as mm-hmm. far as as and this is all obviously we could well, still baseball's see some the changes. worst they don't present these all the same time we'll no. find shit out like every team yeah later. every team has announced this is a different time but yeah so the for the reds yeah no the indians so far have announced they nothing already planned. came out and said they're not changing oh, okay. anything the reds yet yeah, didn't hadn't really said anything but then i guess so in the past, we've had the the home white and the away uh-huh. gray. Those are staying the same. But then the red, the alternate red, used to have the, the wishbone C just yeah. like the white does. I guess that's going away now. And they'll still have the alternate red, but now it'll be like the script cursive reds. Oh, I did chest. see. Yeah, okay. Um, I like it. It's really big. It is big. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like a BP jersey. I didn't know that yeah. was. Oh, that. That's, right. Okay. Well, well, so yeah, it kind of looks like a gas station jersey. Right. You know? Like I just feel like a batting practice. Yeah, that's. Um, um, well, so big. the batting practice jersey is kind of staying the same where they keep the. Uh, the Mr. Reds kind of on the chest and everything, but I like the old alternate red and yeah. they have the, they have the, uh, Los Rojos oh, alternate are, red, like but those. that script is like small across the chest. Well, I mean, this honestly, script your script should not, yeah, that, that thing is huge. It's like, it goes to your belly button up to like your collarbone. Like yeah, it, it should be weird. from the bottom of your nipples to your collarbone. So I, I think, uh, both Cleveland and the Reds have some decent threads. Um, they're not. Uh, yeah. they're I love not the getting... Indians red unis they broke. Oh out. yeah, so the red jerseys, those from last those year that dope. they broke out. But yeah. I don't think, as far as the Nike update goes, we're For not Ohio getting anything teams, new. No, nothing um, too exciting. Uh, can I just say I've been excited about this? I tweeted about this. Uh, Brew Crew, fleet oh. makeover, Woo! fucking fire! I love it. I I might go buy one. Honestly, I just think I don't know which one. But they all just look clean, tight. I like the pinstripes. I like the road grays. I like the blue. I don't know, Josh. I, uh, uh, and they bring so back the old here's, logo. Here's what I've loved about it so far. And these are my winners for who wore mm. it best. Um, honestly, I'm giving Nike the, oh, yeah. this, this to Nike, not to any team really. Because right. so far what Nike has done is they've made subtle changes to teams right. so far. Like the Reds, I don't really agree with it. But – but what they've done a really great job of is fixing terrible things. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I hated Milwaukee's jerseys. Uh, they they the were way, dated looking. They were dated. To the, the logo 90s. was dated. Yeah. And they have that that great uh, the M and B that makes the glove. That's why I'm it's excited. The They're most, bringing it back, people. If you didn't know, look it up. That's yeah, one of the most awesome. iconic oh, logos yeah. in sports. One love of the most that. iconic logos ever in anything. At least in baseball, definitely. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah, in baseball. So they're finally switching back to that as their primary. But I always hated the script Milwaukee across the blues mm-hmm. and how when it splits the chest, it had that big yellow block in it yeah, from yeah, where it yeah. goes over on the button seams right there. And that always drove me nuts. These are very clean. I love they're that they awesome. have a home cream and a home pinstripe. I think that's I awesome. I like that. I think that's awesome. If you get you to have, have the best of both worlds. looked up these jerseys, just do it right now. These any baseball fan new 
Yeah, if Young, you, if you even if you hate the Brewers, if you're an NL Central team, but I'm you saying don't they, like they, the they Brewers. They transcend generations. Yeah, they're so good. The pinstripes are very much like their kind of like their early '90s, '80s pinstripes. Before you know, they're very kind of nostalgia back to that. Um, the creams look just like that, just the cream color, and then the blues. I, I the as script. much as they're Michigan fans, I, uh, Michigan colors, they do look nice. The though. script Milwaukee yeah. is so much better than the old script Milwaukee, too. No, it is. And then they got the basic gray with the Brewers. I think across that as well as the, the typical gray. Yeah, those were fire. They're, they're, they're the biggest change, though. That's the one team that did a full makeover. Yeah, that I will say that I don't think. Oh, they're, they're also in, bringing back the blue, the hats with the yes, blue, the blue with, the, the yellow, with the yellow yeah, front with the yellow brand, panel yeah. with the MB. Yeah. That's going to look dope. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of teams. So far, Milwaukee's the only team that's really had the complete overhaul. The Diamondbacks, I wouldn't call God. it a complete overhaul, but they just an adaptation. They've never had good uniforms, these, ever. The these Diamondbacks great, uniforms suck. But but thank God, it's like they were so bad before that what Nike's done is such a huge improvement. I did see. Because they, yeah. the, they got rid of the snake skin and all the gradient the stuff that they had stuff. going on. Their pants were weird. They, they've always had bad. I like the colors they use now, but they still i don't like their uniforms. gradients don't belong on uniforms no, <laughs> at all not so, at and, all and arizona just dumped a bunch of that kind of that snakeskin pat patterns and gradients onto right. that it was weird you know who i would like to see get a full makeover and kind of go back to like the pilots day seattle i've always yeah. felt yeah good color scheme not a fan of the logo not a fan of the lo- like right like just not seattle's a fan had some, of and well in seattle's had some great some great um Sports logos and brands over but, the but years. But I always felt no the Mariners, and, you know, the Pilots. I wish they would do some. Still the Mariners, but more back to the Pilots days. I just yeah. never been a fan of their uniforms. But um, um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep our eye out for. Yeah, we'll for keep more updating you. We're all thread guys, and Lil G probably has some strong. Oh. Lil G texted us today. He wanted us to. Oh yeah, uh, we gotta we gotta read off Lil G's you know hot takes it? before we get into yeah, our where's closing his... thoughts. His text. Um, so he said, he asked if we were recording tonight, which we told him, yes, we can handle it without Papa Bear around. Uh, he did want us to let you all know that he, the Browns are fucking wagon. I mean, the Browns are taking care of business. That's right. He, uh, did, he did want us to make sure we mentioned the Browns. He's are a, a wagon. fool and bet on the Bengals, so he lost money. And UC needs to get their act together in football and basketball. Oh, and the XFL wrapping footballs like turkeys is awesome. So, Lil G's hot takes of the week. And we are going to go ahead and jump into some Josh's jeers. Josh, what are you bitching about this week? Um, Well, I actually couldn't decide this week. It was uh, was tough. Um, I... So you're taking, like, a couple? Like, I don't care. So, (laughs) well, real... My one was real quick. Um... Because, uh, like, Greg was a fool and bet on the Bengals. I actually had a great parlay going on college football on Saturday. And it got ruined because uh, FIU Oh, yeah. And there's this clip going around of Miami dancing around on the sidelines. They're down 13-0 to zero at the end of the first half. Dancing around on the sidelines. You're down 13 to Manny 0. Manny Diaz lose that against, team already? Against FIU. And granted, this kid that's in the clip, uh, this lineman in the clip that is like 
is like the most dancing. Everyone on that sideline's dancing, but right. this kid's like really egging it on. He's a freshman. Um, still, but, man. but still, like that's what I was saying. I was like, is Manny Diaz already like man already? He lost it already. I was like, really? Have you really lost control already? I mean, thirteen zero, like. 13-0 and you're dancing around on the sidelines. There was some of this in the NFL too, posing around and everything, that being down. Lost. Like, ah, come on, man. You know, if you if you're play the game. If you're up, if you're up big and everything in the championship game, oh, then fine, different. go dance around yeah. and everything. You're down two touchdowns to someone you should not be down to. You shouldn't be dancing on the sideline. My real cheer, though, <laughs> my real cheer is uh, some soccer for us. Oh, um, soccer in the off season right now, at least American soccer is. Um, but expansion is in the works as Nashville and Miami come into the league next year. Is that 32? Uh, I believe it'll only be 30. 30. Uh, okay. um, and okay. I, that might even be one uh, too high. Uh, Could okay. be 28. Um, but uh, MLS expansion has been great for FC Cincinnati. Um, they've yeah. traded around a few picks, um, but they've traded around that one pick with Nashville. And I saw this tweet about Nashville saying about how you need to watch out for SC Cincinnati fans because they're some of the cockiest fans out there and that they gatekeep. And here's my thing about that. I, you've been to an FC Cincinnati game with a me. I am, I've been I, to a few, I am, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a very passionate FC Cincinnati fan. I don't know about, so I've been to a few. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say this, is that I'm very happy to have Nashville in the league. I think it'll be a great for like regionally. It's I think cool it'll be rivalry. great. Yeah. Um, but to say that we're cocky and gatekeeping, I think is taking it a little bit too far. I'll be the first to tell you that that team last year was one of the worst things to ever happen in American <laughs> soccer. The stats will show you that some of the stats were the worst ever in American it's soccer. It's an expansion. Yeah. It's an expansion. It takes time and everything. Right. And, you know, we, hopefully this year will be the next kind of they'll build upon that kind of like minnesota did where it takes you know one to two maybe three years right. but then you have other sides like atlanta and lafc who have you know set the new standard mm -hmm. for being successful right out of the gate yeah. and that goes along the, the ownership and the support that you have with that um in the city and right now nashville i don't think has that no. So to my jeer to them is excuse us for gatekeeping, but even as one of the worst teams ever in MLS, we still came to every game. We still sold out. Yeah. We still sold out all the time, had 20,000 plus all the time. Oh, I think 25,000 plus all the right. time. With a third wa third most watched American soccer team on TV this year. Dang, I didn't know that. In Nashville, you're bringing five to six thousand fans a game to an NFL stadium. I mean, can I point out Sacramento really wanted that expansion? And when I lived in California, uh, me and Tori went to uh, went SC Cincinnati. Went to Sacramento. Sacramento played at the California State Fairgrounds, and they literally, their stadium held 1,000 people, and we were one of 100 people there. So I'm just saying, I think, when then we come back and see Cincinnati games, right. and it's it's pretty, it's very impressive. And even, yeah, even Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento Republic, what they've built and everything. But, like, so I think it's wrong to say that we're, I don't think it's wrong to say that we're gatekeeping because we totally are gatekeeping. And I mean, the fact that 
we want more teams in clubs right. like ours and like Atlanta's and like Minnesota and LAFC and Columbus Orlando. Um, I mean, Col- Columbus is a charter. That's why I'm not leaving that. Oh, uh, I get what you're getting you know, at. Expansion, expansion. Yeah, Columbus yeah. is the original right, team. Right. And they're, what they're doing there to move the stadium. In. Thank God. They but that's that's the a point there. I'm trying to make is yeah. that there is a new standard in right. Major League Soccer, and even Columbus, the charter member of the league, has finally realized that, and they need to move well, into an I mean, urban one, core, redesign that how was to the reach only fans. Soccer, that was the only soccer-only stadium in the country. You're right. And it's not anymore. Right. I mean, or you look at just time. those cultures and everything, yeah. like, excuse us for gatekeeping, but we'd like to uh, have soccer teams that draw more than 6,000. That's fair. To an NFL stadium. And as Josh's uh, jeer is a downer, mine's going to, my zinger, I'm going to stand up for fun. All right. Dwayne Haskins got his first NFL win over the weekend. And what did we all hear fucking about? Oh, he took a selfie and missed taking a knee. First of all, Case, glad you got in, buddy. That's your job. Take those knees. He's having fun. I was shocked, honestly, by by the level. uh, I heard on talk radio all, like, all today. That was at least, like, a full segment about that i mean they talked to bill callahan who is like the meanest asshole one he's up there on the face of the earth and he even just laughed he's like he was having fun like yeah we'll talk to him i agree yeah you talked to him can't do that again buddy what is wrong with the nfl having some personality he took a selfie with a fan the fans are what pay your salaries the fans are what build the league i agree i'm sure if he could do it again he would not do that but everybody's making, like, you know, Joe Theismann coming out there. Oh, he should sit next week and be suspended. Like, come on, man. The game was, okay. It, he thought it was over. It's not they like had the to guys, take a knee. It's not like the guy's trying to run a hurry-up offense and jogged off the field to take a selfie. Right. You know? or, or, I mean, it's not like they had to score. The game was over. They just had to take a knee. Uh, that's... <laughs> And even, like I said, even Bill Callahan was kind of laughing. Like, yeah, I'm going to talk to him. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he said, that's not, you can't do that. And I agree, you can't. But everybody making it sound like he stabbed somebody. Yeah. Or like, like, you, shouldn't make that a, you shouldn't make that a normal thing. But it's not like the guy, like, stepped off the field or, like, as the kicker was attempting right. the winning field goal, he was, was there taking it the was over. The game yeah, was, was over. over. It, it's just, yeah, dude, some guy to take a knee in case Keenum got in the game. I'm just saying everybody needs to chill out. But I also want to congratulate Dwayne. Not, yeah. pre- not pretty, not pretty, but you got your first one. Enjoy it. Next time you got to take the knee, brother. All right, let's get the shout outs as we're going to leave you guys. Um, we're taking the week off next week for Thanksgiving. So we will be back. We'll be back the first. We'll uh, be back that. Nah, that's going to be that Sunday after championship. We're going to have a lot. Yeah, that's so probably be like we'll a three a hour show. show. Yeah, we're, uh, this is this has been a really long show in itself, but yeah. that'll be a huge show. Well, we might have to like do a two-parter or something. I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll have a lot to unpack. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We'll let you know what we're doing. Uh, Josh, shout out. Uh, my shout out is to our listeners for sticking with us. I know we've had uh, a different schedule the past two weeks. We're going to be off this week. Um, and like I've said it before, just, you know, keep supporting us. Yeah. Um, like, like this is my fault that we had to do it this week. I was out, had TV duties last night. Um, it but you know, we're a new podcast. We are here for you guys to celebrate the great Ohio sports and Ohio beer that we have and I promise you once we get out of this Thanksgiving break we'll be back on our regular Monday morning schedule 
to fill your start your week off right with a 30 rack of sports. I'm gonna quick shout out to JK Dobbins again. They're all time. All right, everybody, we'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Go Bucks.